Health Minister Zwele Mkhize has been dominating headlines recently as allegations of corruption surface involving the awarding of a communications tender to the company Digital Vibes. It's yet another government corruption scandal to rock the country, and the public is growing increasingly impatient with government's lack of accountability. Mkhize's recent press conference to attempt to address the scandal did not satisfy the public's need for answers. However, the Special Investigating Unit is investigating the matter, and Mkhize has called for patience to allow the investigations to run their course. This was not intended to avoid ventilating the issues in the public space, but we are advised to exercise prudence to protect the integrity of these investigations as documents and individuals were being interrogated through a formal and official process by the investigators. I'm Catherine Rice, a journalist for News24's multimedia department, and this is The Story. This week we'll look at the various allegations that are unfolding and how this is likely to impact on the credibility of President Cyril Ramaphosa. His response will be crucial to regaining the trust of a citizenry that has become jaded and wary of promises from the president to root out corruption. You're listening to The Story. It's a podcast by News24. We'll speak to journalists and experts about the week's biggest story. This is what we saw, heard and uncovered this week. This week we're talking to News24 investigative journalist Carl Cohen. Carl... There have been some explosive allegations involving Mkhize, including yet another this week, the revelation that Digital Vibes bought a second-hand Bucky for Mkhize's son, Dadani. The allegations have been unfolding since early this year, when the Daily Maverick Scorpio first broke the story. And each week, it seems to get worse as more is uncovered. Carl, tell us about the company and, and what services they claim to deliver and what exactly are they being accused of? So this is where it gets very interesting. They, Digital Vibes is a communications company that was hired essentially to help the Department of Health communicate and you know run sort of information campaigns on the national health insurance and on COVID-19 from January 2020. So they were effectively helping the department get you know public messaging out there about public health and you know especially around COVID-19. So now there are allegations that the ministers, William Kieser, interfered in the, the appointing of this company, who was ultimately paid 150 million rand between January 2020 and early 2021. I mean, it's, it's, it's quite astounding. And, and one has to think, you know, what exactly was their relationship? I mean, did Kieser know these people before? How did they know each other and for how long and in, and in what context, Kyle? A key figure in the digital vibes sort of side of things is Tahira Mater, and she has been a very close associate of Zuelium Kizes for a very, very long time while he was in politics in KZN and moving up into, into the national space. Another lady involved in digital vibes is also Nadira Mita. Her and Tahira are obviously very close, and you know, social media sort of shows this, this very close relationship. There's a third woman here. Her name is Rada Hariram. And she is on paper the only director of Digital Vibes. But now it sounds like, according to reporting by the Sunday Times this weekend, that Rada, Tahira, and Nadira have had a big falling out. And Rada has now actually opened charges of fraud against Tahira and Nadira. So these are people who have known the minister for a very long time. And most importantly, they worked on his ANC presidential campaign back in 2017. 
And when he became Minister for Health, they they were also sort of brought into his sphere. You know, they were communication specialists mm-hmm. that sort of worked in and around and close to him and fielded some of the more difficult interactions with the media. I mean, you know, Mkhize himself has denied benefiting personally, but, uh, you know, he's kind of said he simply signs off on these contracts but isn't actually involved in the tender process itself. But, I mean, ultimately, Kyle, the buck does stop with him. So how do you think this is going to impact on his reputation and and his political future? Well, you know, over and above, you know, just simply there are so many questions over how he has handled COVID-19. And, you know, depending on who you speak to, people will say, oh, but he's done such a good job. But there are many out there who say he's done a very bad job. And this is just another example of that. I think that it's just too convenient that such a close friend of the minister's gets this seemingly sweetheart deal, you know, giving paid millions of rands just to organize, you know, for the minister to speak on the SABC, which is a state-owned broadcaster. Any one of us could pick up the telephone exactly. and organize that. You know, so it's it's something that I think is a little bit too close to home for Zueli. I don't think that the minister will survive this. I don't think he can. Because there is no logical explanation, even if you do say, oh, I didn't have a hand in the tender process or anything like that. You know, you knew that this company was there. You knew that your close friend Tahira was, was, was working there. And if you didn't, you were negligent in, you know, managing your department. So one way or the other, there's, it's very bad for him. And I don't think he's going to be able to explain this one away very easily. Well, that's the thing. I mean, I think just... South Africans just really have so much to deal with at the moment. It's, you know, load shedding is back. There's corruption. We've got an economy that's battling to survive. And now, of course, we're faced with the third wave of COVID. I mean, on Sunday last week, Carl, when when Ramaphosa announced the imposition of a level two lockdown, he made absolutely no mention of the allegations about Mkhize. And I mean, these so-called family meetings are, are not allowing journalists the freedom to ask questions, which I think is is just adding to the fr- frustrations that's that are really just being felt by South Africans at the moment. So, I mean, this ongoing avoidance of journalists is is really, what do you think it's actually doing to the public's trust in the president? I think the president's getting extremely bad advice. But also, the pre- our president has a track record of when he's put on the spot, if you'll remember the Basasa saga and money that was paid to his son. Um, when he was put on the spot in parliament by the former DA leader, Musi Maimane, he, he said the wrong thing. He, he didn't say, you know, he didn't answer the question very well and it landed him in a whole lot of trouble with the public protector. And, you know, so I, 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 I think that the president has been advised to stick to the script. And I think that it's wrong because this is a president who can speak off script and who can sort of wing it. But I think he's, he's worried that he might say the wrong thing, that he might not uh, intimate the correct details. And I don't think it's from him personally. I think there are people in and around the president who are giving him really, really bad advice. But also, Catherine, you know, the the president is under siege. Um, If you think about what he has gone through in the past two years, just just from his perspective and what we have gone through as a country, there are so many uncomfortable questions that could be posed to him. That at this stage, I think there's a a feeling that if the floor is open too much, the, the president will be put in a position where he is severely embarrassed. And that sort of plays into their thinking. On our side, we want answers. And I've stopped looking to the president a long time ago for those answers. 
And I think a lot of South Africans have. I think it's just, you know, people are tired of it all. It's it's just every day there's just another story, another headline. And, and I think the public perception seemed to be that Mkhize was one of the good guys, or am I being a bit too generous? <laughs> um, are there good guys in politics? I don't think so. Um, you know, and, and Zueli comes, definitely comes from a place in South African politics that is well known for being quite contentious and, and, and quite competitive, which is, you know, KwaZulu-Natal. And I, I do not think that anyone in, that gets to a position where he is in the ANC now can be perceived as good or clean. What we have to understand is, is that perhaps maybe the scandals aren't as big and maybe the scandals were slightly better hidden, but they are there if you go looking long and hard enough. I mean, just lastly, Carl, who is there anyone who would be able to replace Nkiza at this point? I mean, he's, you know, he's got the experience. It's, it, it will be a very difficult task, I think, for the president to actually find the right person to fill his shoes. Well, yes and no. I mean, we, we've got a couple of excellent, you know, provincial representatives for health. And, you know, I'm, I'm thinking particularly of, of people down, you know, in Gauteng and, and so on. The, the, the problem really is, is that I think we, we've seen this with the ANC. It's, it's not a matter of having someone as the health minister who is experienced in, in the health field. It's, it's more about what's politically available and, and optionable and actionable. And I, I do think that if Zueli cannot survive, that there are younger people within the ANC who could step up into that position. Um, the Deputy Minister, Joe Pathler, um, he's not given much credit, but from my understanding is he's extremely involved and extremely hands-on. We just haven't seen him much because, of course, um, you know, the, the, the limelight all fell on, on the minister. Um, then, of course, we also have Dr. Sandile Butelezi, who is the Director General. And I, I think that no matter who the minister is, Dr. Butelezi will do a pretty good job of steering the ship in the meantime through, you know, hobbling from crisis to crisis. But from what I hear from within the department, there's a great amount of respect for Dr. Butelezi, even if there are disagreements between myself and Dr. Butelezi over how certain COVID things have been handled and communicated. Well, thanks very much for joining us, Carl. That was Carl Cowan, News 24's investigative journalist. News 24 political journalist Karine Duplessis joins us now. Karine, this scandal, it's just another example of politicians and companies taking advantage of COVID. Do you think they've capitalized on COVID-related corruption like so many others? Well, yes, I think it's it's very disappointing. I mean, I think this is the most disappointing one of them all. Um, but in Gauteng, for instance, we've already seen the MEC Bandile Masuku. He fell because um, of a, a scandal that was in his department. I mean, he sort of technically didn't um, provide enough oversight, so there's no direct link. But, it, I mean, the, the personal links to the companies are too bad. And in the Eastern Cape, we've seen the, the MEC of health there falling because of, of, of some corruption um, allegations. So, but I think Zulim Kize, we, I don't think anybody expected this of him. It was, it was really disappointing when the story first broke and it was hard to believe. Um, so yeah, so, so it, it seems like um, like like just another uh, company uh, capitalizing on COVID. 
but yeah, I mean, it, it's it's the problem is vast. Uh, the SIU the other day said they are investigating five billion rands worth of COVID-related corruption, sure. and I think they found wrongdoing in about half of those cases in terms of the amount. So um, yeah, so I, I, I a, hope somehow that yeah that the, this isn't true, but it's not looking good. It's not looking good at all, and I mean, it's bound to have some pretty serious political fallout for both Mkhisa and the president. I mean, Ramaphosa is kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place right now. I mean, what are your predictions? <laughs> yes, I, I've never been so happy not to have been him because um, yeah. he has to act. I mean, in a way, he has to act because he's been he's been pushing this line of, uh, you know, corruption must go. He was very, I think in February especially, he came out very hard about uh, COVID-related corruption um, you know, he said action must be taken against it. So, uh, yeah, so, I mean, it depends on the SIU report. But um, but I think even in terms of just the moral and ethics, the morality and ethics around it, we've seen, I mean, Zvelim Kize's son already saying, you know, he's but he's sort of close to 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 those involved in digital vibes. So, um, so yeah, so I think I think the president will have to act, and I think the best way for him would be to quietly persuade the minister to step down by himself, because the president wouldn't want Nkise to look like a, a victim, uh, and you know give the um, the the, uh, the RET faction an axis of um, woundedness to to revolve yeah. around, and it would strengthen them. But um, if he doesn't act, it would make it would make him look really it would make the president look really bad. Zvelim so Kizi himself is he's never been that close to to the president. When he ran in 2017 in Nazrek, um, I mean he first made a bid to be president and then he ran for deputy president and then he withdrew. But he was much more much closer to the camp of Nkosazana Lamini Zuma. So, okay. um, and then, yeah, later he sort of fell in behind David Mabuza, who, who became deputy president. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so there's also the political dynamic is very interesting. And um, it's hard to tell which way uh, Minister Nkise will go. I mean, I think people are champing at the pit to see action happening. When do you think the public will actually get some answers about what the ANC plans to actually do about this in, in terms of sanctioning those involved? Yeah, the ANC's processes are a bit different to the processes that might be followed in government. I mean, in terms of government, government, I think uh, the SIU investigation will come out and then the president might have to do something in the same way that the Gauteng Premier did something about Bandile Masuku. But the ANC processes, um, they are, the, I spoke to George Mashamba, who's heading the ANC's, discipli- um, sorry, not disciplinary committee, the Integrity Commission, and he said uh, he was kind of expecting that the minister would come and explain himself before the commission, because that's the reason why the commission is there. If there's some allegation of wrongdoing, something swirling over your head, you go to the integrity commission and you explain and you say, well, you know, th- this is what, what happened. Um, I need space or this, you know, the, the reports are completely wrong. So it looks like the integrity commission will invite the minister to come and explain himself there. And George Mashamba said to me, you know, it's not for us. It's not about the legalistic processes because sometimes people can kind of commit corruption, and and it's not legally, you know, it can't legally be proven because they've done it in a clever way. So this is about the moral and ethics of it. This is about, you know, it's looking bad. Um, what happened there? Do you think you should step aside for this to clear? Um, you know, morally, do we want do we want these allegations to 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 be around a minister or around a 
a leader of the ANC do we want this to be swirling around somebody's head but I, um, but yeah I mean it's, it's really difficult William Kize I mean he's uh, one of his old time comrades said to me but he's done really well in terms of the COVID uh, pandemic he's really been um, you know shown leadership he's really been steady he's really been he's been fairly clear and level-headed and I can't quite imagine who they will replace him with um, so, so that, I think that's also a difficulty. People are going to be watching this story very closely. Thank you so much for your time Karin. Uh, that was News24 journalist Karin Duplessis and that's it from us this week. I'm Catherine Rice and this week's episode was produced with the help of Amy Gibbings.